Oh, good morning, everyone. Um, it's the middle of the summer, and I'm going to be a little bit experimental this morning. If you can't be a little bit experimental in the middle of the summer, when can you be? In our preaching, uh, we normally, I would say, our general approach to preaching is we ask questions about the passage or about the events in the Bible that we're, we're considering, and we look for insight into what happened. We try to understand it. It's mainly about thinking with our minds. Now, you know, I'm good with that. I'm a person that enjoys learning and thinking, and, you know, I think that's, I think that's great. But I think we all know that in our, in our lives, our experience, our emotions in our walk with God, sometimes don't quite tally with what we understand in our minds. I think we all know times when we know that God's in charge, that God's with us, but we don't feel it. We wake up in the morning feeling scared of the day or the week or the month ahead or worried about things that have happened in the past. So I want to try to approach some biblical history this morning at a level of experience and emotion, not so much thinking it through as feeling it through. And so um, I'm going to do a kind of monologue this morning um, for the bulk of my time talking to you, thinking about David. David, as all of you probably know something about David, that he was an Old Testament king of God's chosen people, Israel and Judah, um, that he began his life as a humble shepherd, that at a young age, perhaps 11, 12, something like that, uh, he was anointed by God's prophet that he would be the king. He spent some time then uh, in the king at the time in Saul's court until eventually Saul tried to kill him and he had to escape. You might remember the story of Jonathan, Saul's son and David's best friend, firing the arrows so they went beyond him to let him know, no, Saul's going to try and kill you. You've got to run. You've got to get away now. And then after that, David spent something like eight years. You can... You can cook the chronology slightly differently. It might be seven, it might be nine, but it's something like that. On the run, basically, from Saul, the first two or three years of that, running in the wilderness, looking over his shoulder, and then some time in a Philistine town called Ziklag, before finally Saul was killed in a battle with the Philistines, and David became king, at least a part of God's people. It was a more complicated story after that. But I, I want to talk to you, as David in a way, from that time, from that time on the run, when God's purposes didn't seem to be coming to pass. And it's a great time to look at from this point of view of emotion and experience, because we've got an almost unique record of that time in David's life. Because we don't just have 1 Samuel chapters 21 to the end, telling us what happened. But we have a number of psalms that start with things like a psalm of David, written when David feigned madness to escape, to escape from King Achish. Psalms tied very precisely to events that happened in that time and that give us an insight into how David felt then, what his emotions were, what his experience of that event was. And so I hope that, as I try to dramatize this a bit for you this morning, that what I'm doing 
isn't just based on me reading the events and thinking, how might David have felt? But it's actually based on the insight David gave us into how he felt at those times. Now, there is some, of course, there's some, some speculation, some filling in the gaps in what I'm doing. But hopefully it will give us a chance to question, how would David have felt? What was his experience of his walk with God at that time? And that might also make us think about our experience of our walk with God, where that takes us, how that works with what we understand but what we actually experience of God in our lives, our own journeys of emotion and experience. So we're going to join David on a sleepless night in the town of Ziklag, something like eight years after he had to run from Saul on that uh, day when Jonathan fired the arrows beyond him. Oh, oh, can't sleep. It's going to be no sleep for me tonight. <sighs> Maybe some music will help. It often calms me down. Oh, it's not even in tune. I can't face that tonight. But hey, look. The songs I've written over the years. I need prayer. Maybe I can remember. Maybe I can remember what it's been like. Maybe I can remember your goodness, Lord. (laughs) Oh, that first day. Jonathan fired those arrows beyond me. I ran. I ran. I had to get away. I had to get away or Saul was going to kill me. I ran and I ran to Akish, king in Gath. He took me in. Maybe I was safe for a while. God had delivered me. I got away. God had delivered me. But it didn't work out. Akish, he was fine, but his generals, his advisors, they said, don't trust that man. Don't trust David. He's Saul's servant. He'll be here on Saul's business. He'll turn against you. He will destroy you. I was expecting any moment one of them would come and stab me in the back, cut my throat while I was sleeping, challenge me in the street and take their sword to me in a battle. I had to get away again. How was I going to get away? I prayed, and I thought, and I thought, I've always been quite a good actor. I'll I'll, I'll be mad. I'll pretend that I'm mad. I'll pretend I've lost my mind and gone crazy. I did, and they fell for it. They believed me. By God's goodness, they believed me. I got away. Again, I got away. God had delivered me. I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me, freeing me from my fears. I got away. On the very day I called to you for help, my enemies will retreat. I got away. But as I walked away, I also knew what I'd left behind. I got away, but my family left behind. My friend, my best friend, Jonathan, left behind my security, my safety. Even the king who had sheltered me, all left behind. 
sorrow on sorrow. You have counted my sorrows, God. That's what I said. You've counted my sorrows. You've caught my tears and collected them in a bottle. But I kept running. God had freed me. God had got me away. On the very day I called to you for help, my enemies will retreat. I was away. I was safe. I found a cave. Only seven, eight, ten miles away, I found a cave. Somewhere I could hide. Maybe I could be safe here, the cave of Adullam. But I sat there all alone. And I crashed down. Saul, a king with a whole army out to get me. Maybe some men were following me from Gath. Out to get me. I got no one to stand watch for me, stand guard while I slept. All I could do was fall asleep and hope that men weren't sneaking into the cave in the night to take my life, to take me captive, to torture me, to take me back to Saul where only pain and death could wait. And God had made this promise. You'd made this promise, Lord, that I'd be king and now I'm running all on my own. How can I face Saul's army, a king's might. I can't do that. I'm only a young man at 19. I can't do that, Lord. I can't do it, Lord. I can't. I'm overwhelmed. No one cares a bit what happens to me. I am overwhelmed. No one cares what happens to me. But you, Lord... You, you are my place of refuge. Better than this cave. You are my place of refuge. Hear my cry, for I am very low. They are too strong for me. You are my place of refuge. Hear my cry, for they are too strong for me. And he did send help. First my family came. My brothers came to support me, to help me. My parents came. I had to get them away. They couldn't live on the run as guerrilla fighters. I had to get them away to somewhere safe. And then others started to come to me. Actually, that was frightening too. It wasn't the honorable guard of the king that came to me to lend me their strength. It was the debtors running from their debts. It was... The 'er ne'er-do-wells, those that were in trouble, they came to me, the discontented. Some of them twice my age. As I say, only about 19 then. They came to me. They became the band that I was the leader of. We had some strength, a few hundred men. And the Lord spoke to us. The Lord said, the Lord sent a message by his prophet. He said, go back into Judah. Save the Ziphites from the Philistines who are raiding them, who are attacking them. This was it. I could see it coming. I'd had it before. On the very day I called to you for help, my enemies will retreat. This was going to be the day that God served out his purpose. I was going to become king. I'd had my night of darkness in the cave. This was going to be it. God's mighty power shown. It didn't work out like that. Sure, we defeated the Philistines. 
We saved the Ziphites. But Saul heard that I was there. He turned to his men in anger and said, Men, why did you not tell me where David was? Surely one of you, some of you must have known something. And Doeg, Doeg the Edomite, stood up and said, My lord, the king, I know. I was there in the, temp- in the tabernacle when David went to the priests for help, when he ran from you. Slay them all, said King Saul. The men of Israel wouldn't do it. They wouldn't hurt the priests, but Doeg, he didn't care. He took his sword, he went and he slew them. Eighty-five people he slew, all of the priestly families. One man escaped and came to me. Just Abiathar got away. I was so angry. You call yourself a hero, do you? Why boast about this crime of yours? You who have disgraced God's people. I raged against Saul. I would have stuck a spear through his heart, dropped off his head, anything I could to get to him at that time. What a terrible thing to do. Slaying all those people. Anger filled my heart. Maybe I was so angry because I knew just a little bit, it was my fault. I'd lied to those priests, told them I was on the king's business. They hadn't helped me. They thought they were doing the king's business and Saul had slain them for it. Terrible man. Full of anger. But I had to hold on to the thread, knowing God was with me, that his purposes would be served. Holding on to that thread of God. And the Ziphites, I just saved them from the Philistines, but God made it clear they were just going to betray us. Give us over to Saul. Open the gates of their town and say, Saul, take him, he's yours. So we went out, back into the barren hills. I wrote then, look, look what I wrote then. In this parched and weary land where there is no water. Thirsty. Always thirsty. Always wanting Another drink, just a few drops left. Thirsty. And hungry too. Maybe a locust here and there, a little bit of wild honey. Those wild foods you can find, not enough to eat. Wasn't exactly a king's lifestyle to go with God's promises, was it? Hungry and thirsty. But my walk then with God was like our walk as we spent our days looking over our shoulder to see if Saul was chasing us. Over the hilltops of and into the valleys, the barren hilltops and the lush valleys. I learnt to say then, you, Lord, satisfy me more than the richest of foods. We found caves to hide in, caves and secret places, but those weren't our security. I sing for joy in the shadow of your protection wings. Even in a time of privation, thirst, hunger, you satisfy me more than the richest of foods. A time of fear and running, looking over our shoulders. I sing for joy in the shadow of your protecting wings. And there were times I did what was right did what was right in God's eyes. There was a time when hid in a cave, 
And Saul, hunting me, came right into that cave to relieve himself. My men whispered to me, take his life. One spear thrust, he'll be gone. You will serve God's purposes. You will be king. God's anointed you to be king. Take his life. God's given him into your hands. But I knew that was not the right way. I stood for what was right. It wasn't up to me to take the life of God's anointed. I went. I cut the corner from his robe. As he went from the cave, I waited till he was a distance away and went out and called to him, My Lord, the king! I will not harm you. You are God's anointed. The Lord will choose between you and me. And the fact I'd acted right. It was a testimony to Saul. He could see I'd done the right thing. And he repented. He said he wasn't going to harm me. He turned and saw that the Lord's way was right. It was going to be over. The running was going to be over. Things were going to be right again. Oh, no. No, it didn't last long. It didn't last long. Saul was soon chasing me. We're on the run again. No, no food, no water. Looking over our shoulders, finding places to hide. His men could be anywhere. There are times I'm not so proud of. Times when I wasn't so upright. And I didn't follow God's way so closely. Take the time with Nabal, a rich landowner whose shepherds were out in the hills where we were hiding, running. And we protected his men. When, when raiders came, we'd kept them away. We'd defended them from wild animals. We never touched one of his sheep or goats, though we were hungry. So the time of the feast came. And I thought, I'll send some men down to Nabal. We've defended his men. His shepherds will tell him how good we've been to them. And he'll send us something to celebrate the feast as he prepares the feast for his own family. So my men went down. Went to him, please, we've treated your men right. They'll tell you. Please send us something so we can celebrate God's feast together. He spat in their faces. I'm not sending anything for you bunch of layabouts, ne'er-do-wells, thieves, robbers, vagabonds. The men came back and told me I was angry. I strapped on my sword and my armor. I told all my men to arm up. We were going, and if it was going to be over my dead body, if one of Nabal's family was left alive in the morning after this slight, this rudeness, this horrible way of treating us, I was going to slay them all. And it was his wife that saved me from that. She came out, brought gifts without his knowledge, and she said to me, David, my Lord, don't do this thing. It'll be on your conscience forever. Don't do this thing. She was right. She saved me from an atrocity that day, a war crime. She saved me. And, you know, God works in strange ways. God took Nabal in an illness a few weeks later. She became my wife, Abigail. What a woman. She saved me from myself that day. 
Thank God that he sent her. And then, those Ziphites, who betrayed me before, they betrayed me again, hiding out in the wilderness. They found out where we were and they sent to Saul. We can put David into your hands. Saul got 3,000 of his special forces together, picked men, and they were chasing us. They had good intelligence. They knew where to find us and they were coming closer. We were running out of places to hide. 600 of us, plus families. You can't hide in an area 10, 20 miles wide with that many people when there's good intelligence on the enemy's side. They were going to get us this time. There really wasn't any doubt. God's purpose was over, surely. No way could we get out of it, but we turned to God. God gave us an opportunity, again, to show Saul the right way, the truth that was in our hearts, Maybe they were overconfident. Their sentries didn't seem to be on the lookout as they should have been. And we sneaked into their camp. Me and a few of my key men, we found Saul sleeping. Spear placed in the ground. My men again said, take his life. God's purpose will be served. You will be king. But I knew that wasn't right. I knew I had to do what was right in God's eyes. And I took the spear and I took his water jug. And we sneaked back out of that camp. We climbed up onto the high rocks above and shouted down, If the Lord has stirred you up, let him accept my offering. But if this is simply a human scheme, may those involved be cursed by the Lord. For you have driven me from my home. And I can no longer worship as I should. No home. All gone. Homesickness. Being in the wilderness with nowhere to lay my head. It was a hard time. Saul turned again. Saul saw that I'd done what was right and that his ways were wrong and that God's ways were what he needed to follow. He told me, come down, David. But following God's ways doesn't mean being foolish. I knew him by now. I knew he'd turn again. And I didn't go to him. Kept on running. But something had to give now. Two, three years on the run. I can't remember exactly how long. But 600 men now, plus their families, we couldn't hide any longer. We went to Gath again, to, a, to King Akish. We stayed with him for a while, and then we said, give us a town. A town where we can go and live. Keep ourselves safe. And he gave us Ziklag. It was a few years ago now. We settled down. We've been here in Ziklag raiding to keep ourselves busy, lying a little to Akish about who we've been raiding to convince him of our loyalty. But it does sometimes seem that nothing will ever change as a four years ago. God's purposes, are they anywhere? Have I got the wrong idea? Am I not to be king? Have I ruined God's plan? Feels like nothing will ever change. It will just be here forever. Or, or it did. A few weeks ago, we got the call 
Come and join the Philistine army. Come and fight with us. We are going up against Israel. We rose and we joined the army. Maybe this was God's time. Maybe this was how God was going to serve out his purposes. Maybe we could have some key role in the battle. Maybe God would work things out so that now was the time. Now was the time things would change and I'd become king. Oh, no. Again, no. Again, not the time. Is Akish welcomed us into the ranks, but the other kings of the Philistines said, no way is he serving with us. He'll turn on us in the battle. Something will happen that will mean he is not truly on our side. Send him away. So they sent us back to Ziklag, and we marched. We marched home to Ziklag. Only there was no Ziklag. Burned. It had been raided while we'd been away. Burned. All of the people gone. All of the animals gone. Nothing left. The men turned on me. They said, you have been a terrible leader. We're not having this from you. You said you'd become king. All you've done is keep us in the wilderness, hungry and thirsty, in this town, raiding and lying. What's the use of you? We're going to stone you. And they picked up the stones to throw them, to get rid of me and elect to, to, and get a new leader. Somebody who could be mighty and strong, not sit here waiting for God's purposes. But I'd learned something by now. And I turned to God for, for my strength. God for my strength. And we asked God, God, should we go? Should we chase those who've raided? And God said, yes. And we walked. We, we marched on. We'd already been marching. We were already tired, but we marched on. Maybe God would give them into our hands. We marched until we reached the Bezor River. And when we got there, 200 of our 600 men just couldn't carry on. Exhaustion took them. And they collapsed and stayed there. Just 400 of us now carrying on marching. Then God did deliver them into our hands. We came to the Amalekites. There they were, partying, drunk as lords. We charged in among them and we slew those cruel raiders who had taken our families and burned our homes. God gave us victory. God gave us back all of our people. Not one person had been harmed. Not one person had died. All our families returned to us and their wealth, they had flocks and herds, ours now. We took them back to Ziklag. We shared them with those who we'd left at the brook who were so keen to fight but just couldn't do it. And that was a couple of days ago now. We're back in Ziklag. I guess we're ready to rebuild, to get our homes together again. To keep on keeping on. But it still feels like, will God's plans ever come to pass? It's been seven, eight years now since I ran from Saul. I'm no nearer to his purpose, no nearer to being king. What's the point in it all? What's the point in it all? I thought I saw something in the dawn there. I knew I wouldn't sleep. It's nearly dawn. There is someone coming. Looks like a messenger. A messenger coming.
So what? <sighs> Trust in God. Trust in God. So we'll leave David there. Some of you might know that the messenger who came a couple of days after they returned to Ziklag was bringing news that, in fact, Saul had been slain with his sons in the battle of the, with the Philistines. And David was about to become king over at least part of the kingdom God had promised him. So I hope that that's made us think a little bit about our experience of our walk with God, the ups and downs, the anger, the sadness, the celebration and the praise. We do have one difference, though. Our revelation of God is fuller. We know more of God than David did because we have Jesus' revelation of what God is like and how much he loves us and cares for us.